Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Through 25 seasons, hey! 4,561 episodes. I believe The Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. Recently, we posted a question on our website. We asked, what one thing would make your life better? And we got 3,840 responses almost immediately to that one question. What would make your life better? It's an interesting question to ask yourself right now. If I were to answer that question, because I have a pretty good life, I have to say. It's a wonderful life. And what you all see on the outside is one thing. But really, I think the greatest thing about my life is that I have a great sense of inner peace that is sort of indescribable. But what would really make my life better is if these boots that I'm wearing today had come in a size 10 <laughs> instead of a size nine and a half because I was in that little Fendi store and I, you know how you really like it a lot? And the lady says, I'm sorry, we only have a nine and a half, but they run big. <laughs> my feet not feeling that they run big right now. So that would have made my life better if they came in size 10. That's about all I can ask for. Some folks in Chicago had definite ideas, though, about the one thing that would improve their lives. One thing that would make my life better would be a full-time housekeeper, hands down. <laughs> yeah! Probably a full-time, unpaid life assistant to follow me around and do whatever I needed them to do. If I could design my own man, have him show up whenever I want and have him leave whenever I want. Someone could walk my dog when it's raining or when it's snowing. To have a couple extra hours in the day. One thing that would definitely make my life better is if I could have lunch with you, Oprah. We could shop and you could do my hair and um, then I could do your hair. If I had a personal shopper. Drive through Starbucks so I wouldn't have to get out of my car. Hmm. Free parking? The thing that would make my life better is paying less taxes. Finish my degree. Hmm, a better job? Definitely more sleep. If no telemarketers ever called our home again. Wouldn't that be, oh yeah. You're right about that. 
The telemarketers are getting bad, aren't they? Yeah. So bad. I answered the phone, uh, so much so now I answered the phone, hello? <laughs> the other night I got one and they say, you know, is this the owner of the home? No. <laughs> really, that was my answer. Some of the answers we got online were a little unusual, like Brooke from Colorado who wrote, the one thing that would make my life better would be if someone would invent a portable doggy door that's interesting, that fits into sliding glass doors, is well insulated, and doesn't take a handyman to install. Portable doggy door. Some of them were kind of pie in the sky, to have a car and a driver, someone said. That's a nice thing. Someone to come in and do my hair and my daughter's hair every morning. That's good. I have that, too. That's really good. <laughs> that is really good. <laughs> I know people say to me, how do you get your hair to look like that? You, yours could, too, if you had Andre. <laughs> You should see me on the weekend, but we. Okay. <laughs> really. I won't go to the grocery store and the people, you know, because usually, you know, people have a reaction because you walk in, it's open, and then they don't know who I am. I have to say, hello. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute. <laughs> but some of the responses we got were so doable. To stop watching so much television and get active, to say goodbye to those people in my life who are not good for me. That was a lot of people. A lot of people have that. I just say goodbye. <laughs> We're going to talk about how to identify the things that you do have the power to change and how doing just one thing differently can move you in the right direction. But first, I want to talk to Lisa Snugs. Lisa's answer to the question, what one thing would make your life better, was similar to a lot of the messages we receive from wives around the country. And you wrote, Lisa, speaking up for the wives around the country. The one thing that would make my life better is if my husband would come home each day and give me a hug and a kiss and say, I thought of you today. Oh, a lot. you are not alone. <laughs> that is not happening in a lot of homes across America. I thought it was. I thought it was like Ward Cleaver comes home. Hi, mm. dear. That's not they're happening. They're just too busy, I think. Too busy. They're, their lives are busy. Well, this is uh, Lisa's husband, Andrew. Were you Andrew, huh. were you surprised to hear that that's the one thing? Not a chauffeur. I was a little surprised, but, you know, we have very busy lives, and I take for granted sometimes the little things like that. You know, we come, I come home, and we both start doing our own thing. And you come home and not even, like, a smack, you know? Like, sometimes Stephen will give me a smack. I go, come on, give me the real deal here. <laughs> uh, I usually give her the hug and the kiss in the morning before I leave. And, and that ought to last her. Yeah. <laughs> For goodness sakes, what more do you want? I hugged you this morning. And so you just come in and there's not even a hidey duty. That's usually all there is. You know, just saying really? hello and we start, you know, doing things with the children. And... Mm -hmm. So you would like, your life would be completely different if? If he would just show me a little more attention so that I would feel more important in his life. Right now I feel like I'm not a top priority at all. I don't think you're asking for out and out, like, you know, no, just... major romance. How was your day? Like a right. moment, a hug, a little embrace. Just to know that he thought of me that day at some point would be enough. Because <laughs> do you think of her during the day at all? Yes, yes. That's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> We're Robert and Daphne. Come on up and sit with me, Robert and Daphne. Daphne doesn't really know why they're here. They, they, they've been in a soundproof booth. Uh, she thinks that they're here for a show on starting your own business, which is just something we made up. <laughs> <laughs> but don't be nervous. We're not going to surprise you with old boyfriends okay. or anything like that. Okay? The reason the Woods are here is because Robert wrote us a letter. Mm -hmm. 
about something that he wished he could change about himself. Dear Oprah, my life is nearly perfect. I have two happy children and a beautiful soulmate for a wife. But the one thing that would make my life better is to be more appreciative. I wish I could just do the small things that were once so easy when my wife and I were first married. The simple little things like little notes, spontaneous hugs, or just a loving smile that says, thank you for loving me. Once in a while, I might remember to do one of these things, and then life is as wonderful as it gets. So that's what I would do differently. I'd remember to show my wife how much I love her. And then you'd invite Andrew over for a few lessons <laughs> on that. So we asked Robert if he was game to try doing one thing differently every day to help himself remember to be more affectionate. And what did you do, Robert? I, in my car for a week, I've turned my radio off and spent the time thinking about Daphne and how to show my appreciation for her and, and my affection. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and, and did things change? Yeah. 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 Have had you had noticed some... a difference in the past week? I have. I was wondering why. <laughs> <laughs> what, what have you noticed? Um, the cards have started coming back again, and the, he just leaves cute little notes around the house that when I open up the cupboard, there's this sweet note that reminds me that he loves me, and they've appeared again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're looking for. Yeah. yeah, and they've appeared again. Yeah. Just, I don't know, we've spent a little more time together, and... <laughs> It's just been really nice. The it's last been really week. nice. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> so you've noticed a difference, and that happened because you turned off the radio. Right, right. And what did turning off the the radio do for it, you? It, you know, sometimes when you listen to the radio, you have a, after all day long, you have a song in your mind. It's just imprinted in your mind, and that's right. what you're thinking about all day long. I didn't have that, and I just spent the time thinking about her and the kids and what I wanted to do, and had lots of fun and. It's great. It's job. <laughs> I believe it, don't you all? Yes. Well, thank you so much. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. <laughs> Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food service. Because Bill O'Hanlon is a therapist who suggested that Robert make this change. He's written a book called Do One Thing Different, which is interesting. That really is the, the first step to beginning to change whatever you want to change. It's just do one thing different, which is what we're talking about. He is a firm believer in the power of changing little things. Why does changing something so simple have such a big impact? Because most people don't have the time to make big changes, as we've heard from most everybody here. Everybody's busy, but yeah. you choose something that's under your control, 
doesn't have any side effects, isn't a major change, because if you make a major change, there's lots of unwanted side effects. You know, you can quit your job or get a divorce, but then a lot of things change. If you can start to take control of the change process and just do one thing different, it starts to break you out of the old ruts, and then you can start the process of change and control it in the direction you want to okay, go. Okay, I see the gentleman behind you shaking your head. Sir? You, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are you um, taking this all in? What are you thinking right now? No, I'm just thinking that it, it makes sense to me. I mean, you're, you, you create patterns in your life. And yeah. Obviously, doing something very simple just to break that pattern or rut you get yourself into creates an entire yeah. new outcome. Chain reaction. Absolutely. Okay. One technique that Bill suggests is creating transition rituals, small things that can help you feel more grounded throughout your day. Working moms certainly uh, wear a number of different hats. We're so aware of that. Many of you say you're literally spinning, just rushing from the office to home, Try, trying to, anybody relate to this? Trying to squeeze in quality time with your kids. Uh, we did an experiment with some working moms who tried something called the Mr. Rogers technique. Ellen Galinsky, the author of the new book, Ask the Children, actually coined the phrase, but Bill can explain what it means. This is to give yourself a signal that something different is going to happen here. If you just come right home from work, you're so busy, as most people have said, you don't make any transitions. So this can help you make the transition psychologically, emotionally. Also gives a signal to the kids or to your husband or to your wife. Something is different here. We're going to change. I'm not in work mode anymore. I'm not in frantic, busy mode. I'm going to change my clothes, slow down a little. Mr. Rogers was so great at it. I so mean, this, well, that's what Mr. Model. Rogers does, changes his clothes? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Denise Parsons, a working mom who volunteered to make a conscious effort to change her clothes as soon as she got home from work. Did it affect you? Very much so, yes. I usually don't change my clothes until about 10 o'clock at night when I go to bed. So, like, if you're wearing that at work, you would just have that on? Because I come in the door and I'm running from the minute I walk in the door until I get my daughter ready for bed. So it was wow. an interesting experiment and it was great. As he was talking about the transition, it was wonderful because it was from the hectic, hurried day of being at work to relaxing. Yeah, after school clothes. Right, my, my most comfy clothes. And it was interesting, my husband even said that you need to change into your comfy clothes every day because uh, you haven't yelled at me at all tonight, so. <laughs> <laughs> Really? So it worked. Okay. <laughs> Gloria Spratling is a 26-year-old mother of two. She wrote us this letter saying, personal happiness with myself and my accomplishments would make my life much easier. I have an awesome and gorgeous husband, two beautiful little girls who I treasure so much, yet I feel as if I'm not being all that I'm supposed to be. I feel as if I'm missing out on something because of all the negative thoughts and resentment I feel. I'm at the bottom of a well in the middle of the desert with no water. Bottom of a well in the middle of the desert with no water. Oh, you are thirsty then, mm -hmm. really? Wow. Yeah. All I can do is look up at the sky and wish that someone will find me and help me out. Well, Bill's assignment for Gloria was to spend just 15 minutes alone a couple of days a week. And some of you might think that's all. But for Gloria, even thinking about doing this was scary. So she let our cameras be there as she prepared to take her first 15 minutes of mommy time. Pretty much the reason why I actually have never taken the time is probably because I never really made time. Mentally, I feel like I don't have the time because my mind is always going on what I need to do with the kids, if I'm spending enough time with them, um, what didn't I do yesterday. It just keeps going and going. 15 minutes seems like a lot of time to basically keep my mind focused on me for right now because I've lived my life so much making time for everybody else and, and now it's my turn. 
I'm gonna go in the room and I'm gonna spend some time by myself, which means that neither one of you can come and knock on the door and ask me for anything just for a little while. Okay, mommy. Thank you very much. It's okay, really hard, it's scary, you know? A lot of the fear is because I'm scared that if I actually try and focus on myself, I'm not gonna know what to do. So where is this coming from? Well, I, I was a mother early mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. When I gave birth to my first daughter at the age of 18, mm -hmm. it seemed like there was no more goals for myself. My goals and my ambition at that point switched to now I was a mother. Now I have to pursue goals to be a good mother, to be able to provide and have a good job, to be able to help pay bills, those type of things. And along that way, I lost sight of what I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think yeah, that- who are you besides a mom? Exactly, mm -hmm. and the analogy I use is that if all of this was taken away from me, who would I be? Mm -hmm. And what is that answer? I don't know, and, mm -hmm. and that's the scary part, mm -hmm. because I, I don't know, mm -hmm. you know? I, I guess I, I want and I desire that inner peace mm -hmm. inside of me, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. of, of being happy. That you know you're whole and worthy oh, all yeah. by yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so spending time alone? 15 minutes sounds like a small amount to some people, and some people are a little surprised. You know, oh, it's easy to take 15 minutes. Not for Gloria. Since she's had her first child, she's been focused on other people, focused on her job, focused on her husband, focused on the kids. 15, I, we talked about three nights a week she might have time to do this. Actually, I think that was too much. I think maybe two nights a week, maybe one night a week, because for her, she said, I was a little terrified to go in there and find out what I would see when I spent time alone. A small change can start that snowball of change. Don't try and make it too big or you'll fail or forget to do it. Don't, won't do it. But it's Plato who says the unexamined life is not worth living. So you have to have the courage to examine your own life. That's to, true. Really, that's part of your journey. As well as being a mom, don't you think, Carl, is, is to define yourself, your own self-worth, your I, own self-value? I believe so. You know, she has a real tough time. I mean, even with this 15 minutes, like, like you were saying, she's been all week trying to avoid doing that. I mean, just like the other night, 10 o'clock at night, past her bedtime, instead of taking time to spend with herself, she actually went and started washing the shower. And she spent about an hour hour and a half in there until the point of exhaustion. And I bet you've got a clean shower now. <laughs> it's clean yeah. now. It's clean. It's really? clean. Yeah, why is it so terrifying to be alone with yourself? I guess a, a lot of the fear comes because I, I'm not sure what it is that I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And I have a million books, and, and my husband, he teases me because I'll go and buy books, and he says, why are you buying these books? And I'm like, well, I have good intentions. I want to read them. I'll get mm -hmm. through the first Do you two have chapters. Sarah Brunbronick's A Simple Abundance book? No, actually, I've looked at that one. <laughs> I've looked that through was, it. That is the best book for you right now because all it is, it won't even take you 15 minutes. It's like every day there is a different passage, but it's really about getting to know yourself. And it's not even just about, oh, gee, we're just reading a passage about having a better day, but she really does help you sort of excavate the authentic you. Finding the real you. I have like a hundred copies upstairs. I'll give you one. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Right. That and you begin to do that. And if you promise that you read that simple abundance book every day and you keep a gratitude journal. Do you keep a gratitude journal? Actually, I started keeping journals. I have three journals that are like a quarter written in. Mm -hmm. And it kind of 
when I think of it, I'll go and grab it. Like, that was the first thing I did when I went in the room by myself. I was crying because I was like, okay, what are you gonna do, you know? And I went and I just grabbed my journal and I said, okay, it's now 6.04. Imani, my youngest daughter, is trying to come into the room, uh, see, you know? No, 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 and no, the focus no, was totally no, different. No. It wasn't on no, me. No, no. This is what you do. You all have heard me suggest this before. Gratitude Journal is the single greatest thing I have found, and millions of other people have followed me in this, in beginning to change the way you think about your life. You just spend 15 minutes with yourself. It won't even take 15. Every night, and you write down five things in your life that you are grateful for, in your life, focused on you, what happened to you that day. And you begin to think about all the abundance you have in the world. And the more grateful you become, the more grateful things happen in your life. And you will see that you will begin to change, just spending that much time with yourself. And then 15 minutes won't be enough in a, in, in a short period of time, don't you think? Well, some people, I, Gloria had a tough time doing this. She felt guilty. And I just reminded her what they do on airplanes. When the oxygen mask drops down, if you're traveling with small children, you put yours on first. On first. So you can take care but of yourself. But you won't kids. feel guilty if you're, if you're being grateful. Because yeah. the universe appreciates a grateful soul. It does. I okay. think once a day is going to be tough for her to start. So maybe twice a week to start and then work up to once a day when she gets more comfortable. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Doing one thing differently is what we're talking about. Annie Stinson sent us this letter. Dear Oprah, what's one thing that I do differently? I drive differently. It used to be when someone would cut me off or do something obnoxious on the road, my heart would start pounding and I would become very angry. It was becoming the most significant emotional event of my day. I started thinking, I've got to get a handle on this. It's just not worth it. I realized that I had the power to change the way I react to people when they do rude things on the road. So I did. I changed. Now I make an effort to let people in, and I smile at them when I do it. So now, driving in heavy traffic no longer is a traumatic affair. And I feel like I'm becoming a better person just by changing this one thing. That's a big thing. I know a lot of people get really upset with people cutting them off in traffic. Why did that upset you so? Well, living here in Chicago. Uh -huh. <laughs> where the traffic has gotten worse, has it not? It's, it's pretty bad, but it's, it's like, like any yeah. big city. Mm -hmm. It's like any big city. And, um, you know, I realized that driving is a human interaction. Correct. But it is the most fleeting, anonymous 
interaction that we have with one another during the day and that that somehow gives us permission to treat each other differently on the road than we would in any other interaction. Good point, excellent. So I thought there's a real incongruency between who I am behind the wheel and who I am when I'm in any other situation. And I thought if I can change the way I react to people on the road, if I can change my behavior when I'm driving, it might make me a better person in every other aspect of my life. And Bill, I wish I had your book. I wish I didn't have to figure this out on my own. Because but you did, you figured it out by yourself. Yeah, sure. And, and it has that made a difference. it's not everybody on the road that might have something to do with you. No. And your reaction to it. That's right. Uh -huh. I don't take it personally. And living here in, in uh, Chicago, driving in the traffic here, I was literally battling traffic. I would get home and I would be not only physically exhausted, but I would be emotionally exhausted from this the conflict traffic. that I created. Yeah. That I created. So that is I a changed huge realization. That. Now, what else changed as a result of that for well, you? Well, I feel that there is now a congruency between who I am and behind the wheel and who I am in the rest of my life. I treat everybody the same, which is well, I hope. At mm -hmm. least I'm learning to treat people well. And uh, I, so I think I've become a better person overall. Well, that's fantastic yeah. by changing that one thing. Mm -hmm. That's huge. So even if you can't change the people on the road, you do have the power to change how you react as you do with everything. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's hard to access that power within you. Laura Scott wrote to us saying that she's feeling absolutely powerless right now. Over the last couple of years, she started slipping into a depression. She says she drags through her days feeling neglected and very stuck. And she's looking for help in how to get out of this depression. Bill says that one way to figure out a change is to understand how Laura does her depression. What do you mean by that? I mean, the parts that, you know, there may be biochemical, genetic parts, um, there may be interpersonal parts, so there's some relationship thing that are going on. Figure out what part you have control over that you can do something about by being like an anthropologist in your life. Study your stuckness or depression or whatever problem and find out what parts you do. I say change the doing or change the viewing. Figure out what you can have control over and be like an anthropologist and study it as if you had a videotape of it. Teach me how to do that kind of depression. I do mine in my way, you do yours in your way. Now, why, why did you start spiraling down? Do you know? It wasn't one specific thing. It seems like it was just an accumulation of, of things that kept on going, like having children that became very active in sports and other activities to where my evenings are completely gone and hop in that van and drive those kids like a chauffeur. Um, my husband being wrapped up in his job and not having the time to come home and say, how was your day, you know, looking past me. And just getting off track, losing and selling myself out, losing my goals, my dreams. I used to dream all the time. You know, I'm very much a person of the air, you know, kind of, kind of always dreaming, big dreams, big ideas. And I started noticing that those were going. You know, they were just all kind of fizzling out and there was a lot of disappointment setting in. And I started to feel like a shell, you know, just like empty, like my will was taken from me. And... So now I do nothing. You know, I struggled. I, I was very enthusiastic about, I went to college three times. I couldn't decide what I wanted to be when mm -hmm. I grew up. And I went into psychology and then I became a nurse and a lot of sacrifices for that. Mm -hmm. And then after all that, there was kind of this, is this all there is feeling? This, is this it? Wanting it, something more. Yeah, mm -hmm. but not knowing what it is. And then I stopped working full time. I started to 
hang around the house more and do nothing. My husband started coming home and asking me, what have you done all day? And I couldn't answer that. Mm. You wanted to ask what? Yeah, so one of the things that Laura and I just talked briefly, and I said, well, so what do you do? And she says, I've essentially stopped doing. I try to take care of everybody. In my job as a nurse, I was taking care of people. When I came home, I was taking care of my husband and my kids and everybody else, and I don't take care of myself. I said, well, what did you used to do to take care of yourself? She said, oh, I was very athletic. I really loved, I was a weightlifter. I loved that. Yeah. And I haven't done anything like that. I haven't done anything physical. I haven't done anything for myself. I keep thinking I would want to do something, and then I just stop. I make small attempts. I do. I have good intentions. I signed up for a cardio kick class, you know, to get out there, and I thought, you know, that'll get some frustrations out. And I went two times, and then I started making excuses, you know, and, and then I start the, the negative self-talk, you know, beating myself up. I'm, I'm not good. I'm, I'm Did you ask her to do one thing differently? No. We're just about to talk about that. Okay, go ahead, please. Well, I, I just have to tell you a story first. One time a, a woman came to see me and she was having really severe PMS and she was getting hormonal treatment for it, but she was really having a tough time. She kept very irritable and her family all started to get really, you know, withdraw from her. And she was getting more and more upset about that. I said, you got to give them a signal that you're feeling upset. What's the most ridiculous outfit you have? And she said, well, I have a bunny suit somebody gave me as a joke one time. She came home, put on the bunny suit when she was feeling PMS symptoms, and the kids scattered, and her husband scattered. <laughs> it, was a, it was a hint for him. So I was thinking the same thing. I said, uh, you know, I asked you, did you used to, you know, how did you work out? And she said, wow, I had the, you know, weightlifting outfit. I had everything. I thought, maybe if you could put that on, that small change. You're saying, well, I tried to go to the kid class, and I didn't quite do it. If you could put that on to remind yourself in the morning, in the morning is the craziest time, you mm -hmm. told me, taking care of everybody and making breakfast for everybody. If you can put that on and say, okay, this morning, one morning a week, two mornings, whatever works for you, I'm going to put on my old weightlifting stuff or my old athletic stuff and just tell people, this morning's for me. You're on your own for breakfast. You're not going to starve to death if you miss breakfast one morning. This morning's for me. I'm probably going to do something physical because you told me that was good. Oh, yeah. I usually go back to what worked before and then start doing it, but in small ways so you can get out of that rut. Maybe a kick class is too much. I, I think that was. She tried to do it and it was too much. But Let's putting on that outfit, a walk, outfit, a, yeah. a walk mm -hmm. putting on that outfit and figuring out what small thing you can do that day that would be a little physical to start you back on that road. Because inertia tends to go in the direction you're in. If you're not doing things, inertia will stay that way. If you start doing things, you start to snowball change. And you said, if I could do something physical, that would really help. Okay. Peggy Morrow wrote to us saying she noticed a physical change in herself that she didn't like, so she started doing something different. Dear Oprah, my childhood was as perfect as they come, but I had low self-esteem. After years of convincing myself that I needed to shrink my spirit around others, I started to actually go into my own slump, literally. My shoulders would be droopy, I did not hold my head high, and I became quite passive. Then I looked at the transformation Princess Diana made. At the beginning, she would keep her head low and sit with a little slump. When she found her true spirit, her whole persona changed. She held her head high and she sat very tall, walked very proud. I tried an experiment where for one week I went anywhere and everywhere with a true consciousness of my posture and saw what a difference something as simple as holding your head high and walking with an attitude can do. You are so right about that. There's something. You know, sometimes you pass yourself like in a store window and you're slumping it and you straighten yourself up and you yeah. feel kind of kicky walking down yeah. the street. Exactly, exactly. You feel like one of those runway models. Yeah. It's yes, and how did that change for you? Unbelievable. I mean, something so simple as just the way you present yourself to people and walk even. I mean, 
put your shoulders back and just the people around me just reacted unbelievably. I started Did they know that's what it was? No, nobody knew. I know I didn't tell didn't anybody say, what Peggy, I was... you're standing up straighter. It's very weird. It, you it's know very how subtle. there's sometimes you're attracted to someone and they may not be physically gorgeous or anything, uh -huh. but you're just there's an attraction. You're you wanna be around them. And that's kind of what I wanted to bring to me. So by doing that, I mean it just it's unbelievable. I mean people they just wanted to be around me, and I was much happier, a much happier person just by doing by that. By sitting up thing. straight. Fantastic. Thank you. I love this idea of little things, don't you? Like not a great big old leap into the, the unknown, just tiny little steps. Thank you, Bill O'Hanlon. Thank you Thank so you. much. His book is called Do One Thing Different. Do One Thing Different. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe rate and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah show, The Podcast. And I thank you for listening. There's a moment you realize you're ready for what's next in your career. Maybe it's when you're trying a new scone recipe and think, I could open a cafe. Or maybe you're helping a coworker and say, I could teach a course on this. Whatever your moment is, it's never too early to plan for a career that lives longer. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. For skills training, resume tips, and job listings, visit aarp.org work. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean Every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.